You are listening to Affirm, the podcast for women of color who affirm their worth, value mental health, and seek wholeness. I'm your host, Davia Roberts, and today's affirmation is, I am learning and unlearning what is best for me. You are listening to episode 39, Learning My Body. From a young age, the female sex is inundated with messages about our bodies. Commentary about body shape and desirability begin early. This scrutiny is particularly emphasized when a young girl begins school or her body begins to develop or blossom in puberty. It starts with, don't let someone touch you here, especially not little boys because they're only after one thing. Now, having the discussion about good and bad touch is paramount for safety issues. Children need to know what's safe and unsafe, as well as feel empowered to speak up and disclose it to a trusted adult. However, when we use language like, if you're a good girl, you won't let someone do X, Y, Z, it places the responsibility on the child to maintain her goodness. This messaging can lead girls to interpret undesired touch as her fault, resulting in embarrassment and shame holding on to the narrative that she's naughty or bad for quote-unquote letting it happen. Sadly, this doesn't end in adolescence. It simply magnifies as girls grow older and society begins to tell girls to cover up so they're not distractions to boys and men. We hypersexualize the female body and then hold children accountable for the gaze and actions of others. We call girls fast and hot and shame them for engaging in any displays of affection that could strip them of their purity. We forbid them to give consent and hold hands or kiss someone of their actual choosing. All the while, adults remove autonomy and force touch from children. It begins with, give your auntie a kiss. Don't be mean. Do you want to hurt your uncle's feeling if you don't give him a hug? That's confusing for kids. And even traumatizing when you learn as a teenager or adult that the people you were entrusted to actually had known histories of sexually assaulting or molesting children. Because let's be real, that's a sad reality in a lot of families. There's a history of sweeping things under the rug, yet we continue to put our children and our families and loved ones in harm's way. But child, that's another topic for another episode because we all know I could preach about that all day. But nonetheless, we stress the need for children, especially girls, to not engage in touch, thus they be tainted. Yet we routinely violate the boundaries they request for themselves, either verbally or through their body language. You can tell when a young girl's uncomfortable and doesn't want to do something. Young girls receive the message that nice girls are to ensure their body is untouched and undefiled, while simultaneously stripping girls of autonomy over their bodies. It constructs the narrative that the worth of the female body is in proximity to those around her. Her desirability is in proximity to a number on a scale, a dress size, or bra size that others have determined is attractive. Her purity is very much linked to her body count or the mere whisper of sexual activity, whether it's true or not. Girls and women are left in a crux in which We have to be attractive and sexy enough to lure a partner, but respectable enough to become a wife because someone somewhere decided that marriage was the ultimate prize for women. I don't know who made that up, but there's actually a term specifically for it. It's called the Madonna whore complex, a concept coined by psychologist Sigmund Freud. And if you know anything about Freud, he definitely is not a stranger to exploring concepts related to sex and sexuality. Yet this complex does 
This complex describes a particular mindset where men are unable to remain attracted to their partner. And we're specifically talking about heterosexual relationships. Um, Men are unable to remain attracted to their partner within a committed relationship. The woman who they find respectable and want as a wife or a partner actually become undesirable for that very reason. Now, the woman who is sexually attractive becomes the object of their desire. But if she's too pretty, if she's too attractive, too sexual, too has the nerve to own her sexuality, then she can only be a plaything. She can only be an object of his desire and unworthy of any actual respect or loyalty. Yeah, I know that doesn't make much sense, but it is how a lot of people operate. And if I'm completely honest about it, I've definitely played into the whole respectability politics for women. Why? Because number one, I was unaware of it on a larger scale. And if I want to be really honest, I profited from it. In many circles, I'm considered a good girl. I'm found attractive, but not out there, Um, which is code for expressing my sexuality in a way that's deemed unladylike. So it's taken time for me to learn and unlearn healthy ways to view my body and my own self-perception of my body and its desirability because of all these different norms in society. And that's why I'm here today, to divorce us from a space of relating to our bodies in connection to ideas that others have imposed on us, because it's time for women to explore and appreciate our bodies without it being in relation to men, desirability, or the ability to produce children. Few people learn about their bodies during adolescence outside of a health class and the quick don't have sex conversation that was more focused on preventing pregnancy and bringing shame to your family than actually providing education about female organs and the reproductive system. For instance, can you actually name all the terms of your lady bits? (laughs) And no, coochie, pocketbook, lady bits, and down there don't count. And I bring that up because a lot of people don't realize that the term vagina is commonly used incorrectly when referring to female genitalia, which speaks to a larger issue in which we don't know much about our actual bodies because we can't even name all the different parts of it. When most people use the term vagina, they're actually referring to the vulva, which encompasses all of the external organs. So here's a quick lesson. The vulva includes the mons pubis, which is the pubic mound, the labia majora and minora, which are what most of you call vaginal lips, um, the clitoris, your pleasure center, um, the urethra, the place that you pee out of, and the vagina, which is, in other words, that place where babies come from. And I share all of this information and these names because it starts with us knowing what we have. We need a baseline to start and we can't begin to really learn our bodies and get comfortable with our bodies if we're afraid to actually say vagina, call it what it is, and recognize all the different functions that our body has. So how do we begin to actually explore and honor the body? Well, one, know the terms for your sexual organs and know what they do. Take it a step further Actually, look at them. Honey, if you haven't grabbed a mirror and checked yourself out, I encourage you to do that today. Like, press pause. Well, listen to the rest of the episode. But then afterwards, (laughs) press pause. (laughs) You know, go to the restroom. Like, 
get comfortable with your body. Your body is the one place that you reside in nonstop. Get comfortable with it. There shouldn't be any shame. And unfortunately, when women or girls talk about their actual body, it's always seen as vulgar and pornographic. Yet the reality is, it is life. It's what we have. We need to know what's going on. So let's let's start with that. Step one, know the terms for your sexual organs and actually take the time to get used to seeing yours. Step two, get comfortable with your body. It's yours, so explore it. For crying out loud, get used to actually touching your body. And I don't even mean that in a sexual manner. So I think a lot of us can um, think about the female body and think about it in a sexualized way. Why? Because society tends to do that to us. However, do a freaking breast check. Know what your cervical fluid is feeling like. Know if something is different. If you are never touching your body, you can never notice if anything is different, if anything's changed for good or bad. For instance, if you have not done a breast check, you don't know the different lumps in your breast. So all breasts are naturally lumpy. I know that sounds weird. So if you've never felt yourself up there, you're not going to notice it, (laughs) but I had a doctor share that you need to get used to your own lumps and bumps because everyone's breast density is different, we're shaped different, and we need to be able to chart any changes. Today's episode is sponsored by Nurex, and after this one called it the Uber for birth control. Nurex is doing the good work of making sure every woman has access to convenient and affordable healthcare by being an all-in-one healthcare company that offers home delivery for birth control, home HPV test, and PrEP a daily pill that helps HIV-negative people stay HIV-negative. That means no more doctor's appointments, waiting rooms, or pharmacy lines. All you need to do is download Nurex's app and answer a few questions about your health history. Their medical team will review your information and determine if a prescription is right for you, and then drop it in the mail. With insurance, you don't have to pay a thing, and without insurance, it's only $15. Most importantly, with Nurex, you also get free and unlimited access to their medical team. That means you can ask all your burning questions whenever, wherever, and as often as you'd like. To help even more and make it even more accessible, Nurex is providing Affirm listeners with a $5 credit on your first order. Go to nurex.com and enter to the code AFFIRM in all capital letters and get the care you deserve. That's nurex.com, N-U-R-X. Because everyone's breast density is different, we're shaped different, and we need to be able to chart any changes in our body. In order to do that, what do you do? You have to know your body. And some of that is not just intellectually, not just knowing the terms, but through touch and exploration. So understand that some of us may have some body shame due to sexual trauma, verbal abuse around our bodies, or religious shame. However, I encourage us to get familiar with our bodies because it can literally save your life. Your body is your home. You spend the most time in it. You're not going to be anywhere else on earth more than in your body. I simply encourage you to not merely exist as a guest in your body. Get comfortable, take up space, get familiar and relaxed. And that can be through walking around topless at home, being naked, 
If you feel, you know, more bold, sketch yourself naked. Get used to just seeing your body without it being covered up. If that's, if that feels too much for you, one thing, a baby step that I say is express gratitude for the things your body gives to you every day outside of desirability. So completely unrelated, unrelated to being attractive. So for an, an example of that, would be, I thank my hands. I thank for ha- my hands for allowing me to be able to write, to be able to transcribe my thoughts and my hearts onto, onto paper. I, I thank my tongue for allowing me to speak, to share my story. This is an example of me expressing gratitude for my body and its functions and how it allows me to show up in the world. All of the things that we do do not have to be related to desirability, a number on a scale, any or weight loss. Like I don't, I don't believe in that. However, at the same time, if you feel like your booty is popping and you're fine and your milkshake brings all the baddies to the yard, then hey, stun on yourself. That's fine. <laughs> the overall message that I want to emphasize is make self-celebration a daily practice. All right. Step three, examine your beauty practices. Ask yourself, why do you shave? Why do you maintain a certain weight? Why do you dress a certain way? Are these choices you've made for yourself or are they something that you've been told to do, whether directly or indirectly? When did you start um, this new style of dress? What prompted these new ideas, these changes? And there's no right or wrong answer in these practices. Um, You can shave or not shave. You can dress a certain way or not, but I encourage you to simply explore your reasoning and determine what feels good for you. And if you've experienced trauma, then I also want you to consider your safety and that there are going to be certain choices that you make, especially as survivors of different life experiences that impact your relationship with your body. And it may... And it may take time to unpack certain issues. It may take it may take time to unpack certain challenges, or it may take time to address certain struggles related to that trauma. So this episode is not a quick fix for that. This episode is more so to get you to explore what's going on and make more steps towards reclaiming your body. I hope that makes sense. Step four, go to the doctor. And I will say step four is very much privilege. Um, Not everyone has insurance. Not everyone can afford a copay, even if you have insurance. There are so many stumbling blocks to the janky healthcare system, especially in the U.S. Um, But I encourage you to take care of your body, move your body, Be aware of its changes. If you feel that something um, has changed for the negative, go see your doctor before it gets worse. Check in with someone and do your homework in advance. Let's not wait for a crisis. Let's not wait until you feel deathly ill. Let's do your homework. Find a doctor that aligns with your values. I love uh, a medical professional who takes a holistic approach, whose first decision is not to put me on medication, but to look at holistic options. So do that homework. Um, Step five, prioritize your health and don't disregard changes in your body 
know how to advocate for yourself. Understand that sometimes your voice will quiver, um, it'll shake, but being able to say, no, that's not what my body is feeling. No, that's not what I said. No, you're not listening to me is not only about the physical safety of your body, but it's also about your emotional safety and your right to feel heard and seen just the way you are. Last but not least, step six, get therapy if there's a reason you're disjointed from your body. When you experience trauma, whether sexual, physical, or verbal, whether it's a car wreck, a fire, or a sexual assault, you deserve space to work through it and heal in a safe environment with reliable support. So if you have the opportunity to do so, whether that's with a physician that takes your insurance or it's at a community um, mental health center, I encourage you to create that space to actually heal because you're not the only one and you deserve the opportunity to actually feel at home within your body. And while we aren't responsible for creating this unhealthy narrative around the female body, it's imperative that we take an active role in actually unlearning distorted messages that only benefit patriarchy and consumerism. Our mental health and well-being is literally at stake. The body the body dysmorphia, eating disorders, dissociation, and deprecating thoughts does not serve us. And while we may not be responsible for the actual source of these issues, we can be intentional about making steps towards our healing. Why? Because we deserve it. I hope you find ways to take residence in your body. Now that's all for today's episode. But remember, these conversations are just a starting point and hopefully it's given you more than enough to think about and reflect on in your personal time. But don't let the conversation end here. Keep it going within your own personal circles. But as always, take care of yourselves and you will hear from me in two weeks. Peace and light.